0: Hello, and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for professionals. We work to simplify your finances so you can enjoy your life. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Beer and Money. I am your host, Ryan Burklow, And I'm Alex Collins. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about what investment decisions are you making emotionally? And you may not realize it.
0: Yeah, this is uh, man. We're, we're all hardwired as human beings uh, with fight or flight. And, and that really takes place in uh, in investing world, in the investment world as well. And it's almost a hundred percent of the time going to work against you.
1: You know, it's difficult. I'm sure as soon as we made that statement, Alex, a lot of people are probably thinking, you know, they may not be making emotional decisions. And maybe they're not. We don't, you know, we don't know our listeners implicitly where we know exactly what they're doing. But the more conversations we have with our clients and our listeners, um, emotions come to the forefront in so many shape or form in so many ways. And we're human beings. It's pretty much impossible to not have emotions even someone as robotic as me
0: <laughs> well and and we're all programmed to make decisions emotionally and then rationalize it with conscious thought on how and when and why and all of the, the details that go into it and there's still emotional decisions and then the unconscious thought
1: Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned conscious thought. It's the unconscious thoughts that I think we do um, that we don't realize we're doing. And and that's the bigger effect. And so this kind of ties into what's happening currently. Right. Like right now, we have a lot of stuff happening uh, in in America. Right. We've got the election coming up. We've got all the, the different riots that are occurring. We've got this pandemic going on and it's difficult. Right, And we only can really, as human beings, we can only deal with what's happening currently, and it's hard to really take a step back and look at okay, what has happened over the last year, the last decade, the last couple of decades to really put everything into into place when we're talking about investing,
0: yeah, there's a lot of chop and a lot of noise out there right now um and like it, it this has the potential to affect our decision making uh, one way or the other it uh, could could be positively could be negatively um you know in terms of the the emotions that we have around investing and if we're truly investing if we're looking at this for the long term it, it shouldn't matter like we're, we're not if we're looking at it over a 10 20 30 40 50 year time horizon where like, if we're talking to a 35-year-old, I would argue that you've got a 50 to 60-year time horizon. You know, it's not just until you get to retirement, but it's also getting through retirement that that matters. And so, it's, so long as we have a coherent and consistent way of approaching our investment decisions, like, we we can't get tied up in this chop and this the all of the volatility and all of the the current events. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't, yet we do.
1: Um, and we're about to go through an example here about two different decades, just the last 20 years, um, as really kind of proving our point. We had an episode a couple episodes ago talking about, you know, what drives return in your portfolio. And we also talked about you know, what is the market, at least the media, and what are we comparing our portfolio to? And so when we take all of that and we put it into, okay, how do we, what have we done emotionally that we haven't realized? Well, let's take a step back and look at, okay, what happened 20 years ago, right? If you were to look at, and we're gonna use the S&P 500 in this example, because that's what a lot of people utilize as the market, The S&P 500 20 years ago, so this would have been 2001 through 2010, it's known as the lost decade. Right. And and the reason it's known as that is essentially if you put a dollar into the S&P 500 that year in 2001, at 2010, you pretty much have a dollar still. Like you didn't get much growth out of it. You might actually be slightly less than a dollar.
0: Yeah. So much of it depends on the exact time horizon that you pick and, and you know, whether you're including dividends or an index fund or all, all of those fun details. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something where the large cap domestic large cap did not do well over that entire decade, you know, and, and Whether you started at 2000 or 2001, uh, you've got accounting scandals, you've got 9 11, uh, you have the double dip recession. um, And then in the middle of that, you've also got the financial meltdown and crisis uh, that was caused by the subprime uh, issue and just the the massive uh, amount of of lack of liquidity that our country had um, for about a year and a half. Um, So, all those things combined wiped out. A decades worth of time in terms of time value of money and, and growth on your investments. And think about for those of you who are investing
1: at that time period, when you are making your investment choices, right, were you putting a lot of money or your your cash flow? were you putting it into large domestic companies? Or were you looking elsewhere and saying, "Oh, well, maybe this asset class, real estate, was doing well." Or, and real estate's a bad example for that decade, but but where were you, maybe shifting your money around inside of your maybe your retirement plan at work because the S and P 500 was not doing well? These are the decisions that we make. Because flip it now, so go to the next decade, right? 2010 to now. Now the S&P 500 has been one of the, if not the best asset class, 500 largest U.S. companies to own in the last decade. And so maybe you're 2009, 2010 in your retirement plan, two, three years goodbye, and it's 2013, 2014, and you're noticing, oh, the S&P 500 is doing really well. Maybe I'm going to shift some of my money Towards that asset class, towards the S and P 500, because look at that return that's occurring. Where is that stemming from? Right, those that's are that. emotional. That's the emotional side that we're talking about. Oftentimes, I think, you know, people hear it all the time to not to not let your emotions um, affect your your financial decisions. And people, I think, oftentimes think, oh, well, I didn't sell out of, I didn't go all
0: to cash. <laughs> yes, but you may have made some choices of like having moved from, oh, this small cap stuff or this international stuff isn't doing well. So I'm going to move all of it from that into what has been doing well, the S&P 500 or uh, the growth sector, the large growth, what, like, however you want to define it. And like that is the definition of an emotional decision.
1: So that's what we're talking about, decisions you may have made based on emotion and didn't even realize it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Alex, but in 2009, were you thinking, oh, in 2020, well, we'll use last year, 2019. So in 10 years from 2009, the S&P 500 was going to be booming the way it was.
0: <laughs> All right. I thought it would be up, I thought it would do well. I, I didn't expect it to be the largest uh, um, growth um, uh, portion of the of the stock market.: Exactly.
1: These are the decisions that that people make, and, and it's difficult not. like it's difficult not to like don't take this conversation as Orion oh, and Alex are robots and they don't they don't look at like, it like it's hard. Right. We we have people that call us up and they're talking about, well, the S&P or this company is doing really well. How much money should I be putting towards that? And this is that emotional side that we're talking about. And so when we look at financials and our invest specifically our investments, right, we say, you know, what do we do about this? Some of you listening are wondering that. So what do we do? Well, we could say, well, don't allow your emotions to dictate your decisions. And while that's true.
0: Super easy to say, super hard to actually enact.
1: You know, it'd be like me telling you, well, you should go work out. Well, I know I need to work out, but have you done it? Right. It's just, it's difficult. Right. So what we talk about is, and we've had an episode around this is, okay, what is your investment philosophy?
0: What are the guiding points that you use to to dictate your emotional decisions? What are the two or three sentences that you use as a metric of like, okay, where do where does this decision fall on this this two three sentence philosophy of of how i'm going to go about investing how i'm going to go about managing my assets
1: and these are the conversations you should be having with your financial professionals right so you know these are two three sentences you can use as well as okay how do they look at the market right? are they ty- trying to time the market are they trying to pick Socks like what is their what is their philosophy in terms of going after the market? Are they trying to get what the market provides them? Are they only taking a passive structure? Like what is their philosophy? And once you understand what your philosophy is, and this is the hardest part, it's sticking to it. Yeah. It's it's easy to what we say chase returns or chase, you know, the the, the, the magic lamp that year, that decade, if you will, the way the S&P has performed the last 10 years. But is the S&P going to perform the way it's performed the last 10 years for the next 10 years? Well, we don't know. We just went through an example of how it wasn't in one decade and it was in the next.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of these different components, whether it's uh, the S&P 500 or international or small cap or growth or value, all of these different things are going to, you know, rise in favor or fall out of favor. Um, and the, the the dangerous thing is not having an overall philosophy. And so you get whipsawed back and forth by these various different concepts. And so you wind up uh, missing out on the upside um, of like, like at this point, if you invest into the S&P 500, we don't know whether we're at the beginning of the cycle, the middle of the cycle or the end of the cycle. Um, But we do know that if you invest now, it's like shift everything to the S and P 500. Uh, You've missed out on a tremendous amount of growth over the last decade, Um, and there's some some real danger in that. Um, We're also seeing, uh, as we mentioned in in earlier episodes, that you know you've got almost, not quite, a quarter of the value of the S and P in five different stocks.
1: These. These decisions that we're making, right, and and when you hold a philosophy and you've partnered with maybe a financial professional that, that has that same philosophy, it's obviously so much easier to stick to the plan. When you're doing it yourself, right, who do you talk to to help you with that, right? So maybe you don't have a financial professional. So who's that person that you're speaking to to go along with this, right? Because... A day, a two, two days, a year. You know, in Alex's example of what part of the cycle are we in? Well, if you happen to miss the best trading day of the year, that has huge effects on you. So, how are you supposed to know that? Right. So, understanding where you lie helps you understand your emotions, which helps you stick to the plan. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. I know we kind of cut to the chase, but we we have these conversations with clients, and we thought this would be a good a good point to bring up for our listeners as well. So make sure you head to beerandmoney.net. Uh, feel free to uh, communicate with us that way in terms of any anything on your mind for maybe topics for the episode or for the podcast, as well as any questions you may have. Um, and. And yeah, share this if you're getting any value out of this. We appreciate you listening. And as always, Alex. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the
0: information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only after you Investments and investment strategies contain risk and value. 500 a
1: representative the stock market Fourth, the index focuses on the large cap segment of the U.S. equity and in performance is not a guarantee All investments.
0: Park Avenue Securities is a fully owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020 Expiration 10 2022.